You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Good morning, East Point Church. How are you guys? Are we awake today? Man, it is good to be with you. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. Open up your Bibles. We are going to turn to 1 Peter, the letter of 1 Peter. I hope one day to go through the entire letter of 1 Peter with you guys. But today, we're just going to do a few verses in chapter 4. So if you don't have a Bible, uh, just you know, we always have blue and white ones in the back. Feel free to grab those on your way in. Uh, if you don't own a Bible... That's your gift, all right? That's for you. You're like, can I steal a Bible from church? It feels so wrong. Hey, you can't steal it if I give it to you, all right? So that is yours. Uh, Go ahead and turn there. And as you turn there, I'm just curious, have you ever been made fun of for being a follower of Jesus? Have you ever been made fun of for being a follower of Jesus? I'll never forget a moment in the high school boys' locker room. You know, it's one of those moments where you see it coming from a mile away in slow motion, and yet you can't stop it. It's that moment when all your dudes are talking about their dates and about their girlfriends, and the conversation is just one of those conversations where you go, man, if I could just turn invisible right now and disappear, I would do it. But you see it coming, and eventually the conversation turns toward, hey, Sam, what about you, right? And one of my friends speaks, oh, no, he's, dude, he's a Christian. Yeah, he doesn't do that stuff. He's a Christian. And you might as well be in a coliseum facing down lions with 10,000 people cheering for your death. Like, that's what it feels like when you're in high school, right? That moment where you know, as a follower of Jesus, I don't fit in in this moment. As a follower of Jesus... I am in the very small minority of people who have adopted this lifestyle and this commitment. Have you ever been made fun of for following Jesus? Have you ever been eye-rolled, glared at, ghosted, or outright mocked because of your commitment to the Jesus lifestyle? Have you ever had to to leave certain things in your past and tell your old friends, hey, I'm not about that life anymore, and to be less than misunderstood, less than understood by those kind of people. There are times in our life where hostility, where opposition, where straight up just antagonism makes us feel like there is no way I can stay standing. There is no way I can keep going. This is just too hard. Have you ever been there? If so, 1 Peter was written for you. 1 Peter was written to people who have been alienated because of their new commitment to following Jesus. And so because they are now Jesus followers, they've been ostracized from their friends. They are mercilessly made fun of from their old drinking buddies. The government itself has treated them as aliens, right, as strangers. And so the result is these followers of Jesus, they feel like they are people without a people. They feel like they're, they live there, but they're homeless. And it's all because they follow Jesus. And so Peter takes out his pen 
And he starts to write them this letter, calling them to endure. Calling them to to not not reject the faith out of embarrassment, but instead to, to embrace their identity as the people of God. To stand still, to to stay standing, and to keep growing, no matter the pressure or opposition. He writes in this beautiful, he goes, "Don't, don't, don't forget, Jesus himself was mocked, and he suffered opposition. He was actually killed. But remember, his suffering led to glory. And so, friends, he says, in the same way, your suffering, your opposition, the hostility you're facing, if you endure, will result in glory when Jesus comes back. And so stay standing. Keep growing. Persevere. Remember that suffering is an opportunity to grow in your faith. So I just imagine these people reading this letter, and they hear these words, and they go, easier said than done, right? Easier said than done. How do you stay standing as a church? How do we persevere in the face of opposition? Friends, we have two verses today in 1 Peter chapter 4. And in this context of beleaguered believers comes a very powerful little passage. And in this passage, we learn that one of the biggest tools that we have in this battle, one of the biggest tools that we, church, have in this battle against hostility and opposition is something you have. One of the biggest resources that God has given us for our endurance and for our maturity is something that God has put in your hand and in your hand and in your hand and in your hand. God has put something in your hand and in my hand that if we use it, he will work through us to grow us to sustain us, to mold us, to mature us. He's calling you this morning, East Point Church, to look in your, everybody look in your hand. Like it's a magic trick. You're like, where's my watch? Here it is, all right? I'm just kidding. It's not a magic trick. It's a sermon, okay? But he's calling us this morning to look in your hand. And he says, church, all hands on deck. Church, all hands on deck. If we're going to endure if we are going to remain standing in the face of opposition, if we're going to make it through this hostility, then we need all hands on deck, and we each have a part to play. So can I show you these two verses? You ready? Yeah, you are. Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11 says this. As each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, would you speak to us through these two verses. Challenge us. Shape us. Lead us to endure. Father, I pray for beleaguered believers that you would help us to stay standing, Lord. We are yours, and we surrender this time to you. In Jesus' name, on the church said, amen. All right, two verses, and so what we like to do here, we're going to go very slowly, like line by line, and hopefully by the end of this, you see this is not a magic show. I'm not pulling rabbits out of a hat. You go, dude, 
It's all right there in the Bible. So let's look at it again and see if you see what I see. He, he begins like this, as each has received a gift. So the first thing I see, I'm sure you see it, is that each has received a gift. Do you see that? It's right there. Each has received a gift. And so all of us, we have a set of abilities. All of us, we have a gift mix. You and I each have things that we are good at. And here's what's cool. This word, gift, is actually, like literally, if if you were to look at it in the Greek, literally it means a gracing. It's the same word as grace. A thing of grace, meaning that your abilities, your gift mix, the talents that you have are like gifts given to you by God's grace. Maybe it is a magic show. Look at that. Nice job. Thank you, Sherry. Each of you have abilities that that have been gifted to you. You didn't earn them. They are things of grace that God, in his kindness, has given you a portion of grace, and he's put it in your hands so that he can accomplish something through you. Each of you has a deposit. Each of you have been given a manifestation of grace. Each of you has a manifestation of God's presence and kindness in your life. Have you ever seen someone do something and it comes so naturally, right? And and it just looks so easy and you can't help but wonder, how do they do that? Right? Have you ever seen that? Or, or maybe even go, dude, I could never do that. Oh my, did you see the way that she just like, bam, that whole thing was organized. Wow. You're likely seeing someone operate out of their gift. You're likely seeing God's grace manifested through their life in that moment, and it's producing something beautiful. Let me flip it. Have you ever, have you ever done something and, and other people go, wow. And they're just like overly awed. And you're like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. Like, are they just shining me on right now? Like, are they, what are they talking about? Doesn't everybody do this? The answer is no. You are likely operating out of your unique gift. You are likely operating out of the grace that God has put in your life. And we must remember that not everybody has been graced in the same way. Not everybody has been graced in the same way. The gifts are unique and individual. Look what he says here. He goes, as each has received a gift. God doesn't come and just throw a general deposit of grace on the congregation. You know, like you go to a basketball game and they got the t-shirt cannon. Who wants a gift? And it's just like indiscriminate depositing of gift. He doesn't just splash grace on the congregation, fall where it may. No, no, no. There is a unique individual deposit of grace that each person in God's family has. There's a name tag on the gift, right? This is Tamara's gift. This is Billy's gift, right? This is Derek's gift. These are unique gifts that he says. Each has a name on it. And as you look at the gifts around you, you realize that they come in all shapes and sizes, right? There are a variety of gifts, and you're like, whoa, I want her gift, right? Hey, don't, don't judge a gift by its size, right? My kids are learning that on Christmas, right? It's like, that's just a big box for a little tiny bracelet. I don't know, right? But these gifts, they come in different sizes, which is why, look what Peter says here, each has received a gift. From who? 
from God's varied grace. There are a variety of these deposits. God is uniquely crafting and putting together gifts and abilities in your life. And so your gift may not look like my gift because these gifts are unique. They're diverse. We see this, Paul says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 12. Now there are varieties of gifts. Varieties. But don't forget, it's the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Friends, what are your gifts? What are you good at? What are the things that when you do it, you feel alive? You feel like, man, this is what God made me to do. You each have one. And that's the first point here, is that when the world is out there trying to label people, useful, useless, helpful, uh, unhelpful, yeah, valuable, uh, not so valuable, God is here and he's affirming his design. Each has received a gift. You have something to contribute in God's family, he says. God is affirming a key design, a key feature of his creation. You each have received a gift what he says. And so maybe you're sitting here going, well, what are my gifts? I don't know. What am I good at? What are the things that God has designed me? Well, let me, let me show you here. So in scripture, there are several, we call them gift lists, okay? Romans 12, he, he gives like six or seven gifts. Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, you can find these lists, but here's what I want to caution you on, okay? Because some people, they will read these lists and they will try to create like a, like a master list. Like, there are 12 gifts, and we can break them up into categories, and there's four of this kind and three of this kind. I don't think that the Bible is using these lists as like a master comprehensive word bank of the gifts. If that was the case, all of the gifts, gift lists wouldn't differ, would they? Like, think about it. If, if it was one comprehensive list, wouldn't it be the same list from everybody? No, friends. I think the point is this. God, by his grace, has put a deposit in each individual to do through them what he wants to accomplish through them. And so our attempts to categorize and put them in buckets and be like, how many types of gifts are there? Are there three or four or twelve? I think we're missing the point. Whatever gift mix and abilities you have wrapped up in the unique wrapper called you, you've received that from God for a purpose. That's the point. You've received it from God for a purpose. And so we have to ask, what is that purpose, right? Why has God given us these gifts? Why do we have these deposits of his grace and manifestation? The answer is very simple, but I promise you it is profound. Look what he says here, okay? As each has received a gift, use it. Use it. My second point, he's saying, yes, you've received a gift. Why? To use your gift. Use your gift. He's calling attention to the gifts that have been placed in our hands, and then he tells us, use it. Use it. And so these gifts are not meant to lie dormant. These gifts are not meant to stay wrapped and perfect and neat. These, these gifts are not just a FYI, I could. 
No, these are meant to be a, hey, get in the game. Employ your gift. Use what God has put in your hands. And as you do it, friends, as you use your gift, there are two things you have to keep in mind, okay? Number one, your gift is a matter of ministry. Your gift is a matter of ministry. He says, I want you to use it, how? To serve one another. Use it to serve one another. This is the purpose of the gifts, to serve each other. And so this word serve, it's often translated as minister. Use your gifts to minister to one another. God has given you your gift mix so that you can do ministry to your fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. God has given you a gift so that through you, he can lead you to serve one another, to build up one another, to bless each other, to encourage, to strengthen, to facilitate growth, to help each other endure, to help each other prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's ministry. And so when we use our gifts, that is one of the clearest expressions of love to one another because we're ministering to one another. Our selfless, other-focused posture, when we use our gifts in the service of others, does that not remind each other? Does that not remind us of Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve? And to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, friends, when we serve one another selflessly, when we minister to each other, we are reminding each other of the gospel. Hey, hey, I serve you just like Jesus came and laid down his life for us. Hey, I'm going to seek your best interest, not mine, just like Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. And so we serve. He says, use your gift to serve each other. And so remember the context here, right? This is why I started with the locker room story. These believers are tired. Peter's calling the church to stay standing and to keep growing. And so here we learn that these gifts are not just useful toward that end, but he's given them specifically for that end. Do you get it? Like, using our gifts, here's how we can, we can think sometimes, right? I volunteer at my church. I serve once a month at my church. I'm a philanthropist, and so I serve among the people called the church. But here, when you, when you read those two verses by themselves, you might think that. Just serve. Be involved. Do good. Just, it's the right thing to do. Contribute. But when you read it in the context of 1 Peter, he's saying, no, no, no. This is not just about volunteerism. This is not just about getting involved. He's saying, you're using your gift. Your ministry to the people around you is one of the ways that God is going to help the church endure. He says, you're, you're suffering? Are you, are you struggling? Are, are you tempted to give up because of all the hostility? Then here's what you guys have to do. Serve one another. Bless each other. Do ministry to one another. Doesn't that give you so much more meaning and purpose for getting involved than, hey, my pastor wants me to volunteer once a month, and so that's the right thing to do. 
No, God wants the church to grow and to endure. So serve one another. Do ministry. These people that are singing up here on the stage, like, they could have the mentality that says, well, I'm just doing my gig. You know, I mean, the world needs me, and so I'm God's gift to mankind. So, yeah, I need to play my guitar. Or they can say, hey, when I play my guitar, that's totally hypothetical. We don't have that attitude here. Come to discover your design, and you'll learn more about that, okay? But, like, here at our church, we understand that when I use my gift, you'll grow. When I use my gift, we will be built up. We will be encouraged. We will endure. We will stay standing. Do you get it? Like, go and serve, not because somebody on staff asked you, but because God has given you a gift for that purpose. For that purpose. When you use your gift, I will be encouraged. When I use my gift, you will be blessed. You will be built up. You will be strengthened to endure. And let me say this, because I've I've said this numerous times from the pulpit, and so I want to make sure I get the other side. Have you ever heard me say, hey, don't just serve in the church, serve in the community as the church, right? Boom, we love that here. We want to be a people that says, hey, we're not just in our own little silo and we forget the world. We want to love the world. So use your gifts to bless the world. Yes, period. And notice here, there is a specific call, though, to make sure that you're also serving your fellow brothers and sisters. Serve one another. And so let me say it this way. If I only, I mean, Sam Cassis, if I only used my speaking gifts and my gifts of leadership in the community, the family of God would be being robbed of a gift that God gave me for you. You see that? If I only use the gift that God gave me to bless the world and to make the community a better place and to see the thriving, which we should, yes, but if I did that to the exclusion of blessing my brothers and sisters, do you see how I'm neglecting the very purpose for which God gave me the gift? And so whatever your gift you have, it's a matter of ministry to one another. Yes, use your gift in the world, use your gift in the workplace, use your gift in the marketplace, absolutely, yes. Be salt and light, but don't forget that using your gift is a matter of ministry. It's a matter of serving one another. So what are you gifted at, friends? We need you. Not to run an organization, not to make the spreadsheets work, and this, no, we need you to endure. We need you Because how many people sitting next to you without you knowing are having the same locker room experience that I had as a teenager? Except it's not in a locker room. You see what I'm saying? And so where are the ministers? Where are the ministers, right? We we tend to look up here for the ministers. Where are the ministers? We're in the microphones on the platform, right? Where are the ministers? We point up there. No, friends, where are the ministers? Come on, show me. right? You are called to ministry. You are called to minister to fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. God has given you a gift to minister, to help each other grow, to encourage, to bless, and to build up. Amen? That makes sense? I feel like we should just stop there, right? Like, we'll pick up it next week, but just 
ministry. Use your gift as a matter of ministry. But look, there's a second thing, okay? Not only are we to use our gift as a matter of ministry, not only as a matter of service, but as a matter of stewardship. Use your gift as a matter of stewardship. You see, a steward is a person who has specific responsibility placed in her hands to manage for a specific purpose. And so let's say somebody's passing away, right? They designate a steward of their estate as a way of saying, I'm entrusting my stuff to you. I'm trusting that when I give you my stuff, you will carry out my will. See, a steward understands that what's been put in his hands is not his own. I am managing this for the person who owns it. And so what Peter is saying here is that our posture toward our gifts should be like that of a steward. I don't have the right to choose how or when or if I use this because guess what? It's not mine. I'm stewarding the gifts because they're all from Jesus Christ. And so we're to use it because that's the will of the owner. And so friends, I ask you, are you using your gift like a steward? Well, I'm going to say it both ways. When you use your gift as a steward, are you saying no when you shouldn't? And as you use your gift as a steward, are you saying yes when you shouldn't? Are we prayerfully bringing our, our opportunities before the Lord to say, Father, hey, somebody's calling for my gift. Is that why you gave it to me? And some of you need to hear, sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes you need to say no so that you can say your best yes to what God has called you to do, because that's stewardship. And then there's others of us in this room that need to remember, hey, the answer isn't always no. He gave you your gift for a reason. And so this is a matter of stewardship. We will use his gifts to accomplish his will. And what's his will? He wants the body to grow and to stay standing and to be mature and to grow in beauty. So may we use our gifts as a matter of serving and as a matter of stewardship. Friends, that's why here at East Point Church, we say it all the time, we're not a club that you join. We're not a country club. We're not an event center. We're not like a cool extracurricular activity that you can put on your resume. We are a ministry collective. You know what that means? That means all of us have a part to play. It's not a performance. It's not like a really cool show where you, where you sit there and we, somebody stands up here and we entertain you. No, our job up here is to get the people sitting there in the game. This is a ministry collective. And so we call you, dude, come and join us. That's what ministry partnership is all about. We had several people, I think we had 22 people join us for ministry partnership last week, and they all heard our vision that this is a ministry collective. This is, ministry partnership is about getting closer to the opportunities to contribute what God has called you to contribute. Use your gift. Use your gifts as a matter of service and as a matter of stewardship. And now, before we go, right, before, before he sends us into the world, he says, one more thing, one more thing. i got to tell you guys. Oh, man, I almost forgot. As you use your gift, make sure you're putting the spotlight in the right place. And that's how he ends. Look at verse 11 here. He says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, 
Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So Peter, he's, he specifies two examples here. He says, whoever speaks and whoever serves. Now, I, I don't think that these are just like two examples of many. I, I don't think he's just saying, eh, for example, if you speak. For example, I, I actually think he's using these categorically. I, I think he's using these as two broad categories. And, and so maybe it would make more sense if we were to say it this way. Whoever has more public upfront gifts and those who are more maybe like behind the scenes gifts. That, that's kind of how I see him, why he specifies these two here, okay? Upfront gifts and behind the scenes gifts. And so what he's saying is whether your gift is upfront and you have a lot of FaceTime and you have a lot of airtime and people know you and recognize you, or if it's behind the scenes execution where no one sees you and no one knows your face. Either way, whatever kind of gift you have, public or private, use it in such a way so that in everything, God may be glorified. Do your ministry. Use your gift in such a way that it points the glory to the beauty of God seen perfectly in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, friends, he's saying this. When you use your gifts, make sure that you are not just using them. Make sure that you are pointing the spotlight. Don't step in it. Point the spotlight. Don't step in it. Right? That's what he's saying here. He didn't just give us these gifts to use them. He shows us how. And so, if, you're a, if your gifts involve you speaking, how many people here would say, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at talking, whether it's publicly or good conversation. How many of you would say, man, I have some speaking gifts. Awesome. Okay. So let me talk to you, Okay. He says, if you have gifts that involve talking, proclaiming, speaking in an upfront role, here's what you're supposed to do when you serve one another in the family, okay? Do it in such a way that people feel like it's God talking to them. Use your speaking gifts in such a way that they walk away and they feel like they just heard oracles of God. They feel like God himself was standing there speaking life into their souls. Oh, that's so much more weighty. That's so much more beautiful. Hey, if you're good at speaking, use good enunciation, good diction, and remember, no chewing gum. Right? Like, Like we talk about public speaking skills, and it's like, yeah, there's skills, but he's on such a different level, right? They're playing checkers. He's playing chess. He's saying, here's the big picture. When you speak, recognize that God is using your gift not to draw attention to the one holding the gift, but to draw attention from the one from whom the gift has come, okay? Speak in such a way that people leave and they go, I am enthralled. I am enraptured by his goodness, by his grace. By his glory, we want people to leave with their eyes on the glory of God, not the giftedness of the speaker. Do you get it? And that's why we even say here at East Point, like whoever stands up here, whoever has a light on them with a microphone, check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? There is such, especially in our, so you think you can dance? America's Got Talent, America's Best Dance Crew, American Idol, 
American singer, singer, I mean, whatever the show is, right? Like our culture has trained us to go, you have a gift? Not only do I have a gift, it's better than yours. <laughs> and Peter is saying to us here, hey, 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 like, don't step in the spotlight. Point it. Understand that there is an inherent risk here for what we do. And so those of, those of us who speak, do it as one who speaks the oracles of God. I need like a table or something. I'm doing like squats. I'm like on 20th squat right now. I'm feeling that in the quads. Wow. Woof. I need some protein shakes up here. Preaching is a contact sport. All right. Whoever speaks, do it this way. All right. But look what else he says. He goes, now to those of you who are maybe not as public, to those of you who will never stand on a stage or never turn on a microphone, he goes, I have something for you. Whoever serves. And again, We're all called to serve one another, right? All of our gifts are a matter of ministry. But here, I think he's talking about that Acts 6 kind of serve, that diakonos, the deacon, those who are behind the scenes, practical organization and administration of the ministry to the saints. Whoever serves, I want you to serve with an energy. I want you to serve with a strength and a diligence that points us back to the giver of the gifts. I want you to do your gift with an active awareness of and dependence on the strength that God supplies. How many of you would say, I'm an admin type, I can organize, I can be behind the scenes, I can make things, I can do the witchcraft behind the scenes. Anybody like that? I call it witchcraft because it's so foreign to me. I'm like, how did you do that? It's magic, right? It's like simple. I ran a pivot table on spreadsheets and I'm like, that's powerful. It's the dark arts right there. So if that's you, if that's you, understand, it is so easy to become dependent on your own abilities and competencies. Is it not? It's so easy to start to think, well, of course God is using me. I mean, look at my organization. Look at my admin. Look at my expertise. Of course he's using me. Look at my color-coded spreadsheets. And he says, no, no, no. I want you to serve with a level of humility that says, if it were not for God's grace, my ability to organize, my ability to administrate, my ability to execute would be ineffective for lasting change. If it were not for the strength that God supplies, I may be able to impress, but I would never be able to transform people's lives. Only God does that. Does that make sense? So whether you speak, whether you serve, whatever it is, he says, do it in a way that shines light on God. Why would he need to remind us of these things unless there was an inherent risk in using our gifts? Right? Like, if if this was instinctual, if it was instinct that I would just say, oh, of course it's about God, he wouldn't have to remind us, would he? And so why does he remind us to shine the spotlight, not step in it? Because we know that it is easy for our gifts to become opportunities for self-promotion. Friends, it is so easy for our gifts to become occasions for pride, reflections of our abilities, and we forget that these were given to us. These are just gifts of grace. How many of us go and boast? Do you see what I got for Christmas? I'm the man. You're like, dude, it was a gift. Like, you, you you didn't earn it. Why would we think that our gifts and abilities are any different? And so Peter is reminding us, East Point Church, 
so that we can use our gifts in a way that when people come in contact with the ministry collective known as East Point Church, they will break out in praise just like Peter, and they will say, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. When people come in contact with the engaged members of this congregation, they will say, wow, he's good, not, whoa, they're cool. That's the point, to glorify God. In other words, friends, let me say it this way. Use your gifts for their good and his glory. Use your gift for their good around you and his glory above you. That's it. Use your gifts for their good and for his glory. And so here's how we end. I ask you, friends, what has God put in your hands? What gifts and abilities has the Lord given you in his varied grace? We're a ministry collective. We want every person at East Point Church using their gifts as good stewards, serving one another in a way that draws all the attention to God. And so what does he put in your hands? What do you have that can remind each other, wow, that's how Jesus gave of himself? And so as you consider that this week, as you contemplate growing as a mature disciple who contributes their God-given gifts, I want you to do a couple things. Number one, if you want to figure out what your gifts are, that's a great conversation to have. And here's what you can do. You can talk to your spouse. You can talk to a good friend. You can ask people, hey, what am I good at? What do you see me? Because I don't even recognize not everybody has one of these. I thought everybody had one. They're like, no, dude, that's just you. That's a gift. So ask people that know you, or you can come to a class that we have called Discover Your Design, and we'll do that uh, at the end of this month. If you want to sign up for Discover Your Design, you can shoot us a text at our number, come out to the Connect counter, go to our website, whatever it is, but Discover Your Design, we'll sit down and talk about what are your gifts, how do we serve in this ministry collective called East Point, okay? Or maybe you're here and you go, dude, I already know what my gift is, man, I, it's just a matter of getting in the game. Then I invite you, what are you waiting for? Fill out a serving form. You, like, we have a very easy process. You go to our website, you hit serve, and then you just fill out a little questionnaire. Tell us what you're good at. You can see a bunch of options of where you can serve and where we might need help in this ministry collective as we serve one another. Sound good? Use your gift for their good and for God's glory. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, Father. We thank you for what you were doing here at East Point Church. Thank you that you have gifted these people, Lord, so that you might have glory. You've gifted these people so that we could endure, so that we can stay standing. How often, Lord, do we come here, even on a Sunday, needing some blessing and encouragement, and you provide it through the gifted people around us. So, Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We pray that this ministry collective will always result in the, in the spotlight being shown on you, Father. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast 
at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.